Today's guest, George Salas, is going to lead us in the steps that he took to create his own fund. These are the actual steps that he went through to create the fund that he is using to unlock his financial freedom and transform future of his business. Hey guys, Matt Shields here. I am the founder and the host of Invest in Square Feet, and we are a firm that's dedicated to helping business owners and high net worth individuals achieve financial freedom through passive investment in real estate. Let me take you back to 2015. I find myself into the opportunity to invest as a limited partner, which is basically a, a partner that has limited um, opinions, not the power to make decisions in the business. We invest into this project. I'm a limited partner, but the drive was to say, Matt, it was the fire and the drive inside me that wanted to say, you've got to go get this, make this work with these guys. I didn't have the ability to do it all, but it was a team effort, right? Mm -hmm. And what type of, what type of project was it? Was it real estate related or what was the project that you're getting involved in? Ground up construction of a venue, $1.3 million on a ground lee, 10-year triple at least. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I helped bring people together, this gentleman, and then I ran the entire marketing. We opened up the venue in 2016 and less than 13 or 14 months later, um, Laylor shuts our doors. I had wow. invested over $300,000 of my cash and even took loans to do this project over a course of a year and a half, two years. I did not have the knowledge that I have today in investing. I did not have, I just had that fire, right? And I didn't have the understanding of structure risk mitigation and everything we do today. So I started my journey investing with the law. I fell so hard that I hit rock bottom in 2017, but I didn't stay there. I got up harder and then I went, I made a decision. Brent calls me, he's coming my flip out of Houston, Texas. He was doing real estate at the time. I go to his flip and spent three hours there. That was my decision, outer breakthrough, I'm committing. So the first thing that you've got to do or I did is I committed to making a decision that I'm going to change my life back. Yeah. Then internally, and I adapt this and I went and did courses, seminars, networking event, books, everything. I went deep 100% into learning real estate and I fell into flipping at first in 2018. I did that for a while. Then I realized that wholesaling was the thing, right? That I didn't have to buy the property, right? So I did over 25 transactions that year, 17, 18 wholesale deals. And five or six flips brought in over $350,000 in revenue for first time real estate investor. Not too bad. Mm-hmm. Now, in the middle of that year, I ran into a strategy called rental arbitrage. And I was told by a friend that you could rent these properties for eight, nine hundred thousand bucks and sublease them and make two, three thousand dollars. Cool. I went all in into that because I saw a need. It was cash flow that I needed to pay the bills. Because flips are one-off transactions. So doing the transactional business is cool, right? But having steady cash flow, 
stable cash flow that comes in every month and pays the bills. That's what I was looking for. So my need was that. I went all into short-term rentals. From there, I was able to really get to about 55 doors in, in 2021 or towards the end, middle of 2020. This is during the pandemic. Then I got all these doors, right? And the pandemic hit us decently hard, but that was also a 10x decision that I made it. My entire journey, man, it's about making these 10x jumps, which are commitment and then courage, right? And then developing confidence to pull through the hard times. And that I committed to making my portfolio better. So I went all in into really learning, or to research strategies, management, team leadership, right? Managing people, hiring, all this, all these are skills because I was fully invested into that business. And from there to now, I, I discovered personal development in 2018, but I did it so heavily during 2020 and then the pandemic and up to today, I discovered growth, goal setting, right? And it, it changed my life and it led me to mastermind groups. So my line and network and everything about my life in my business today is 10 x two years ago, three years ago, and it was all because of the decisions that I made, right? And there were a lot of wrong decisions too. Yeah. But a right. lot of the right yeah. ones. And today I get to, we have, we just launched our private equity fund when we have an amazing group network. I get to hang out with people like you and, and share my journey, which is just getting started. But a lot of people don't like to share their falters. Yeah. yeah. When they could wrap up. So and I'm here today and things are amazing. Yeah, and that's, you touched on so many different things there and so many different facets of the entrepreneurial journey. I actually just saw a book. I can't remember the exact book, but it essentially is like navigating the squiggles. Like you've seen the, the entrepreneurial journey where there's an arrow and then there's like this jumbled like mess of the direction that people are going. And then all of a sudden the arrow finally pops out there. So navigating the squiggles essentially is what we're going to try to accomplish today. So. You had just mentioned a few minutes ago that this whole process, this whole path has taken you down this road where you now have this fund that you're raising currently for private or for the short-term rental uh, opportunities that you have access to. And I should also mention too, that you and I met through a high-end mastermind and wanted to have you on the show and talk about some of the things that you're doing to be able to put yourself on that path and some of the things that you've realized along the way with your, your personal journey of self-evaluation, reflection, and all of that goal setting is obviously one of those big things, right? So we talked a little bit before this about a process that I've been using myself and you have a similar process, uh, but it really revolves around setting a goal and then taking the action steps to be able to achieve that goal. As we talked about, I think it'd be great to be able to set the goal of, I want to be able to establish a fund. You just recently went through this last year. So let's go through those action steps that you had to take in order to achieve establishing a fund. And again, this takes a while. But let's go through and create this recipe, if you will, of step number one or action step number one should be this. And these are the different things, the different uh, items that you want to accomplish or that you realize that you had to achieve and 
maybe we can dive in a little bit deeper into each one of those action steps and identify some of the things that you might not have realized before you actually started doing this. But the goal with this is to basically have an action plan. If you're looking to create a fund, here's the action plan that I should follow to be able to create this fund. Does that make sense? And ready to jump in? Yeah, ready. Let's go. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. So action step number one or step number one in creating a fund, what would you say that would be? What was some of the first things that you thought of? Yeah, absolutely. I want to add one component into, as I break down the steps and it's basically the mind component and then how I look at it. Okay. As I went to the steps, I, I realized that the number one thing is from my past experience is that I needed to be ready in mind as much as body, right? So the first thing that I did, and I'm going to break that into four. Okay. So the first thing for me, and I got this out of a book from Dan Sullivan called the four C's, right? So the first step was the mindset part and it was making a commitment. Okay. When I made the commitment, which is part one, basically I made a decision, right? And that was, I'm going to do this. And then that came about when my wife and I, this is the beginning of 2022. We're like, hey, what are we going to do? So half a year goes by. We hadn't done anything. We're trying to figure out. And then the end, the year ends and 2022 came out of the pandemic. So things weren't there yet. So at the beginning of 23, there was that one decision for me. And then it was, let's build our portfolio. Let's create absolute financial freedom. And that was a commitment part, right? And within the commitment, the first thing is deciding to learn these steps, learn the process. So what did I do? I started number one of going back to the same thing, like learning and uh, taking educational webinars and really just understanding, watching YouTube videos. And then I ended up joining Raise Masters, which is the mastermind, which we, uh, where we met through, right? Yeah. And one is learn the steps. And are we saying learn the steps? of establishing a fund. So you're basically doing all this research around establishing a fund, or is it more on the mindset side of things that you are referring to that you were doing the research on or watching YouTube videos, what have you? Yo, this is all, um, I'm sorry, I wasn't clear about that, Matt. This is all in how to start a fund. Okay. So I learned the steps and really understood what is it that I really wanted. And it was joint watching courses, buying courses, attending events, and really committing to a specialized type of program like the master we're in where I could get the resources I needed, I needed, right? So then after that, I got the courage to do that, right? The courage is that second push, which is the second step when it comes to mind. Then comes capability and then comes confidence to do it over again. So the first thing that I did was we, we have to create a business plan, right? So you can't start this business without one. But it wasn't your typical business plan. It was more of a modern type of business plan, right? It ended up being 72 slides, <laughs> right? It was creating an entire idea, of, which I called executive summer, right? So then the second thing was, and, and just real quick to that executive summary, you're breaking down like all of the facets of the business of what your fund is going to focus in on. So are you outlining areas and this is the goal and this is how we're going to resell things like basically breaking down that business sort of step by step 
as far as whatever it is that you're looking to accomplish, correct? 100%. It breaks the entire business model, the strategy behind it, the market research, how we're going to create the value that we're giving, how we're going to execute the plan, right? How we're going to go acquire these properties, this portfolio, right? And then how we're going to exit. That was, that is all highlighted in, in creating that. That took, Matt, about three to four months to really get clear. Okay. So it's not an easy process. When, when you're going through that, how much shifted too? Did you, did you have a pretty good idea when you first started out? Or did you find that the original idea took some different paths as you really honed in on this is exactly what we want to do? Were you pretty focused or pretty clear on it originally or did it change, would you say? Oh, it changed. At first we had, we had to do a short terminal fund. Then the research never stopped. The learning never stops. We ended up adding creative finance up to, which is the second thing, the second component element of our business strategy. And that was several months later. Then the third was when I actually ended up partnering with someone, right? The third was a data-driven strategy on finding recession-resistant markets with slow growth based on the historical data from the last recession in real estate and in also in hospitality slash vacation. So that was another three, two, three months to really get clarity on that. And our purpose here was like, we don't just want to create something that's a regular fund. Everybody else is regular. We want to create something so good and unique that attracts people. And that was a six month process, just right there, putting it together. Okay. So. That was the first thing and, and it, it worked, right? And, and when you do it, it worked and, and now it looks great for us. I love it, right? That's, that's fantastic. The second thing was, as I'm doing this, we've got a financial model to build. So what does it look like? I ended up in February of 2023. I went and I hired a financial modeler, right? But this guy did not get the actual model to what we needed it to be. So it took a seven week back and forth with this modeler to come back with a solid model. When I met my business partner, Trevor, he is an analyst, right? So he finished it. And then it was a blessing to sometimes God just bring those people to you when you have integrity and in how you do business. We ended up meeting to our master. So just the fact that you surround yourself around the right people, Somebody there that has a skill that could really be beneficial for you, your business, your life, they will bring it and you could bring the same thing to them. So that's how we ended up. So we finished it in an additional five, four to five weeks. So that's 12 weeks of building a financial model. And we had to figure out as we built this financial model, like what does the capital stack look like, right? What is the, what type of finance are we going to get? What is it going to be? Basically, uh, along with the, the strategies of financing, how are we gonna, how much equity we're going to raise, how much debt we're going to raise it. We had this subject to acquisition strategy, which is taking over people's mortgages and stays in their name, the sell the mortgage, take their name. Yeah, right? just real quick, hone in on the sub the sub two side of things, because I'm not sure if everybody understands that or knows what that is. So just focus on that, because I know that's a key component in your overall fund strategy. So. Just uh, dive into that slightly so that everyone, everyone knows. So a sub two is a subject 
purchasing a property subject to the mortgage. So leaving the mortgage in place with the seller, right? This could happen in multifamily, single family. It doesn't happen as often with bigger, right? But single family happens every day, hundreds and thousands of them. So we essentially take these properties, we buy them, we take the deed to them at three to 5% interest with 10 to 15, sometimes 20% equity, right? And we create this leverage by build, buying the built-in equity and at the same time having a very low, what they call loan constant, which is the amount of interest paid per year compared to we were to buy a property and then turn it into a, a short-term rental the same exact way, but by retail with short-term rental financing, right? Where we're paying twenty-five dollars to $30,000 in interest per year, right? And percent, just an example, versus doing the same thing with the sub two, we're paying ten dollars to $15,000 in interest. So that $10,000 is what we call the spread. And one of the biggest wealth principles that I've learned over the years is that real estate is about creating spread. Right. And when you do it from a deep level, right, the underlaying financing side, and I look at the columns, like, what does it look like compared if I have a portfolio of sub twos with three to 5% interest rate versus a portfolio of retail deals with nine, eight, 10% interest? Right. And that was a huge thing. Does that make sense? It, it does. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I guess let's, let's jump back over to the steps. You were on Capital Stack and that kind of, that whole conversation there all led into that capital stack. So you're figuring out how all of the business, this business plan, this business model that you had just created, how all of the financing and how the profits and all of that stuff was going to work is stacked into this capital stack part of the process, correct? Right. So as I'm doing this, I was also building, the fund didn't have any credibility in that, right? I was trying to figure out how can I come in and present my track record in a way that was concise and it had all the details. So as I was doing all of this, I was also building, I also built a, a finance credibility book, right? Which is a summary of everything I've done that I could present when I meet a best of fund partners. And, and that took me about three to four weeks simultaneously, right? That was another step after I had uh, figured out like that I needed an Excel model. I needed an executive summary, building those. We need to figure out a capital stack as we build the Excel model. Then we, hey, got to figure out how to, how to build this track record. So I could present it in front of people investing. So I had to hire people to do that. So I hired some freelancers to do that. And then I watched some courses as I, I was doing this. It was all simultaneous. Then I'm trying to figure out, okay, let me base everything I'm doing. And then I realized that I needed an accountability chart. And then I was like, okay, maybe I'm going a little too fast. So I had put together an accountability chart weeks prior. And then that was the long-term vision of what it will look like in, in, in the form of, a, of an organizational chart. So before that, I've got my steps here in front of me. But as we built all this, I was also realizing that when you launch a private equity fund, you need four different sets of skills and people. Right. And, and that's your capital raising. So I've got how to call him for that team. Right. That's your raising capitals, capital markets, the marketing. You need acquisitions, right? You need who's going to get the deal. So I had to build a team, accountability chart, call him for that. Then you need the asset management side 
of things and within there you need someone to oversee everything underneath underneath this, those three columns and then you also need a finance team so i have to build a finance team right that the company that we work with and somebody had to really oversee all of this so i went and i started building the team as i was doing this so first was getting the idea together starting on the model really building the initial idea and i would say that it was a three-part process for finalizing the idea man it wasn't a one step one done i had everything clear it was not a hundred percent clarity i just knew that i was going to get there i didn't know how right and, and it evolved as i went so the last column in that accountability chart so i don't leave this open was the finance side and then i went to create the team after that so that took me another eight to maybe 16 weeks to really solidify and find an interview and meet with people, the right partners. So it was a long process of meeting every single day. Yeah. And, and just to, to, to recap to that to the accountability chart, were you looking at that as more of a, a kind of a team structure and how the team was going to be communicating? Like you, you're saying, here's the financing column, here's the acquisition column, right? Are you saying like, like the accountability chart was laying out how each one of those various different verticals or departments, however you want to look at it, how they're communicating back and forth with one another. And these are the types of things that this particular department is going to need, which then maybe that department passes that over to the next department. And these are the types of things that they are going to do with that information. Is that basically what the way that you're looking at the accountability chart, would you say? It was a little bit more of high level, right? It was one big spreadsheet, like an org chart, but instead of an org chart, it didn't just have the titles, right? We did it per role. So the role would be acquisition um, in dispositions, right? Boom, boom, you got to build a team for that. Capital markets, which is what I do in the fund, right? And then they, you got to build a team for that. You need to have a marketing team. You need to have sales people taking the calls for the investors. You have capital partners. And then they're in your asset management. What are you going to do after the property launch? So we built an in-house management company under that with the lead asset manager. And then the finance, who's, who's going to oversee all this, well, we have 50 properties, right? And that was when I started building the team. So now we, I was able to add an acquisition partner, an investment manager, an asset manager, right? And then also an integrator who's overseeing finance and then myself also overseeing all of that and I'm running the capital market. So think of it as four columns and then you have your top overseeing. So it was all roles with no titles. That's what I call accountability charts. It's like an org chart. But it's the, the EOS way of, of calling it. And it has a specific role and then the description of that role and bullet points, five to seven bullet points per role. Got it. Right. Got it. Okay. What's next? What's the next? Step? So that one's actually done since I've got the list in front of me. That was actually one of the first things that I created, that accountability chart, because that was the vision. That was like, what am I going to build this? And I did it actually as I was building all this, because sometimes when when you don't have a uh, specific step-by-step, -step, things get behind. So it, we definitely fell behind on building this and it's okay uh, to admit it. I don't really care, but it was a process. So uh, going to the next one, then I started realizing that we needed strategic partners, right, to do all this. So um, we started building the team. Those were in-house in, in -house fund partners. So we have three, right? I have three. 
And then in, in addition to that, we needed an outside team, right? So who's going to be your attorney who already hired? Who's going to be your admin? We have contractors here since we're operators, right? In, in Texas, but how are we going to build this in three to five different markets, which is what the, the investment activities are going to go to three to five markets in the front, right? Then I realized that, okay, we well, also need a website, right? <laughs> and I need a personal brand website. So I hired another guy, $5,000 to basically build me a dual website, right? It's a company website and then a, a George Salas branded website. So I finally was able to get georgesalas.com. So I have that. We're about to launch the personal website. We have our company website. That took also simultaneously eight to 10 weeks. Okay. So then getting towards the end of that 10 to 12, 14 week journey so far, the next step was really just building an investor portal. So that was one of the last steps that we took. Then we had to finalize all of this as we went. It, and one of the most important things was the PPM, which started at first. Uh, let me just give you an example. It was one of the first things that I did, but for somebody that's just getting started, when you're trying to achieve a goal, you sometimes don't know what it's going to take. So building this PPM and all these stock is, is not that hard if you know what you want, right? But when I first started doing this, I didn't know how to structure a fund. I was learning. So I hired this attorney, I paid $15,000. And then it took me two to three weeks to realize that I didn't know what I was doing. So I went back to the mastermind coaching calls and I looked at it, all of the competitors slash partners, coaches in the group to see how they structure theirs. I looked at what was hot in the industry, what was good. I looked at what was not good. And I just, I jumped to the pros and cons and that's how I built ours. And it, it was a process. So then I had to go back with the, with all of this, go back to the attorney. And, and real, real quick too. So PPM stands for private placement Mem memorandum too. So that's not a process that you did yourself. You looked at your team, you had your attorney, you're working with your attorney to be able to go through that. I, we've done it a number of times as well. I believe that most of it is boilerplate, but again, it's a lot of legalese and so just want to set that expectation. Like this isn't something that you would typically try to tackle yourself unless you had some type of experience in creating the PPMs, but you do need to, just as you said, you were going through and laying this all out. You do need to have a relative structure that you, this is the way that we want our business to be run from a legal perspective. And that's all getting incorporated into this PPM, correct? A hundred percent. Yeah. But we didn't have the full structure in place when we went. I was expecting it to be a lot easier. We, I had to go figure out what is the best and most efficient structure for our business models. So I went back to the attorney and yes. He, he took a while to finish up the changes because we got one draft and then changed that draft and we changed it again. And this happens to the best of us, right? When you have an idea, it evolves sometimes, right? Probably for the most part, most of the time, it happened to us, right? So that was also dragged. And then we needed to have a pitch deck. So now we've got this entire executive summary. Everything is built out in the later... After the 10, eight, 10 weeks, we're trying to figure out like how we're going to take this executive summary and convert it into a pitch deck. So we ended up hiring another vendor for that great group. 
she and her team work with us for another six to eight weeks, taking what we had written, right? What I had created and came up with, converting it into a presentable form of a deck. We removed probably 50% of everything that I have put in there and it just left irrelevant details because sometimes I like to come up with very complex details, right? Out of uh, the big picture. And then we ended up coming out with it. Six to eight weeks later, we have a pitch deck, right? So this is all happening at the same time, okay? Then I needed to create a vivid vision, right? I got this from the book, Vivid Mission by Cameron Harold. Yeah. And that was taking all the ideas we had had and then oh taking it to a five to seven year right maybe visions particularly focused on three year so taking all the ideas into a five to seven year but then i went back to do a three-year vision of the company not just the fun what is this company so that's like reverse engineering right and starting with the end in mind now that i had a more clarity and it took several months to develop that clarity. What does the company look like in, in three years, right? So then we finished the pitch deck. We finished up the, the, the data room. And then we finished up the portal. And those were the last few things. And, and by that time, I had to secure the, the partners. And this was also ongoing. I, just, I sent an LOI to the partner. We had to meet several times for, with each partner to figure out like, what is it that they really wanted in their life, if this was a good fit for them. It was a good time. Timing is everything when you do a business model and when you partner with people. And then from there, we had everything pretty much ready. And it took another three to four weeks to just finalize all the details way back on the, the PPM. And then we started acquiring partners and we've been able to partner with people and raise the commitments of, of over $5 million in out of that $10 million, right? So that was you know, pretty much uh, also another. And now we are in capital raising marketing mode, right? And, and now the whole, everything I did last year in 2023, it's different. Like it, now it's shift and pivot your thinking into bigger thinking, how to put yourself out there again. And because it, it, it's structuring one vehicle, now that you've got this big bus, now you got to get people aboard into that bus. So that's another, I have to change my hat there. And towards the end of 23, it was all pivoting that and really just connecting with the right people and really building out the right uh, processes to be able to raise this capital and get the commitments that were needed. I don't know if that fit specifically on all the organized that Matt, but uh, I hope that was. I think that, I think that's perfect. Again, you, you touched on so many of the elements that go into creating something like this, right? And, and again, going through that structured process just helps people identify these are the major components that we need to you know make sure that we're thinking about as we're going down this path of creating a fund and yeah i think it's incredibly valuable because again like one of the things one of the challenges that i've noticed when whenever i set a goal for myself just like what you just explained like you're going through and you're figuring this stuff out as you go and when you started all of this you probably didn't realize i need a you, know, you were thinking about the pitch deck that you need to be able to present to investors who you want to potentially invest into your particular fund. Now this is something that's on your radar. And the goal with this is to hopefully be able to 
have a, a process that is much more compact and you're able to potentially work on a couple of these things at the same time. Again, had you created your original deck and known that you needed a pitch deck, maybe that could have been done at the same time simultaneously where they do this first and then they're going to jump right into the pitch deck. But again, it wasn't on your radar at the time. Hopefully we're able to make things happen a little bit quicker where it's not figuring out as we go, here are the steps that we need to walk down to be able to achieve this particular goal. So I think you did a, a fantastic job there. Thank um, you. And how did it all broken down in, we need to hit this by this week and it, we need to get this before we do that. But it wasn't, I think I underestimated how long it would take. Mm -hmm. right? So we fell behind on the timelines of these steps we also didn't have a full um, team to be able to, for example, the financial model, right? Things evolved that a partner came on board in April of 2023, but I had been working on the financial model to February, right? So now it's April and now this new partner comes in and adds a few things. So now you're evolving, you're changing, even though you have the steps in the timeline, sometimes things get out of place. We have to understand it really just be able to take that, assimilate it, and then just extend the timeline. It's okay, especially if you have habit goals. Like what we were, I was doing, it was like spend one hour a week doing this or two hours a week working on this pitch deck or this executive summary. And then I would do that. And, and that's how I set up my goals. And it, it, if you do 80, 85% of you really focus, that was the, the main thing. And it was focused other than the, all the unopportune and, you know, surprises that it takes building out um, a basis like this, but it was focus that I had working on that one, two, three, four thing in every single week, what you recommend and in the outline, work on three things a week. That was for me, it was a learning journey because I knew certain areas of this building this business, but I never had put it all together. And now I could say it was a great journey. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I, I want to go back to real quick. You mentioned the Vivid Vision. I'm a huge advocate of Vivid Visions. We have ours published on the Invest in Square Feet podcast. If anyone's interested in what where we want to be able to take this in the next three years, that's all published there. I, I'm curious, what are some of the things that you've used your Vivid Vision for? Has it been something that you created and then it's just set on the back burner or... Are you using it in certain ways? What, how, do you, how are you incorporating that into, into the business? As we launched the business, it was just me really figuring out and creating clarity of what I wanted three years with five. Years. Mm -hmm. So then from there, it went into making it an actual life document, right? And then it was presenting it to the team and then working through that vivid vision and pivoting what needed to be pivot. So... As of right now, we've used it more internally with the team, right? So it serves that purpose now. And as we grow, now it's going to have to publish it. So we're going to, I like that idea, right? But it helps show your investors, your partners, your team that you know where you're going. So they can row in the same direction with you. I couldn't right? agree more. I could not agree more. That's. And I found that by sharing that with new, with new people, and this is actually Cameron, I saw, I think it was with Hunter too. Cameron did a, a presentation or a podcast or whatever with Hunter Thompson. And he said that when you get 
everybody's always looking to expand their team. What Cameron found, and this is what we do now as well, is you'll get all of these applications. You put some type of want ad post out there. You get all these applications in and then send your, don't even reply to any of them. Send your vivid vision to people and say, okay, how are you going to contribute to making this vision a reality in the next three years and create a, 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 a three to five minute long video explaining that. So then what you end up getting back are, it takes a little bit of work to go through this and go through this process of creating this video, how you're going to tie into this particular vivid vision. So what you get back are people that are really committed to making that vision a reality. Uh, and then you can also start understanding a little bit about their personality too. What type of energy do they have? How are they answering the questions? Are they very reserved? Do they have a lot of energy, right? So it starts helping weed through some of the potential people that might be working with you on bringing your vision to reality. So again, love the vivid vision. And that's one of the, the things that we've really noticed a huge difference on how people respond to working with us is by placing that, that target, that vision in front of people right away. Right. So. I love it. That is amazing what you've done and in, in, in converting it to use. I've got to give it to you. Definitely. Because when you create a vision yeah. and you don't have people understanding that writing with you, then it's a bottleneck for your business and for your life. Because we all want to go in, in the same direction, right? Yeah. You know, all of us with one huge goal. And for us, that goal is selling our first portfolio at year five to seven, right? Creating a company with a great culture, right? Great leadership. And, and that's, that's just part of the process, right? So we love putting it together, brother. So we love to see yours. Yeah, absolutely. It's go to investinsquarefeet.com and it's right there for everybody to see. Yeah. And that's part of it too, where once you publish this and once you make it known, it, it becomes reality. Like these are the things that we're trying to achieve. And that's saying that it's going to be hundred percent accurate, but like you said, this whole thing is figuring out as you go and we might tweak and change things a little bit as we go for right now. That's the, that's the goal. Ours is uh, 2026 by the end of 2026 is, you know, when we want to accomplish everything that's outlined there. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. We're two years away now. All right. So if you wanted to connect directly with George, it is George Salas 360.com. That is G E O R G E S A L E S 360.com. And then they also have a website set up for their fund, which is empresscapitalgroup.com. Once again, I am Matt Shields, founder and host of Invest in Square Feet. And we are a firm that's dedicated to helping business owners and high net worth individuals achieve financial freedom through passive investment in real estate. Mm-hmm.